With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in everyone to our GSP Ace of the Day presented by Turner Tennis. I apologize folks, down 1.15 units through the first three days of picks here in this 2021 French Open. That's unacceptable. You listeners deserve better and quite frankly, I expect better of myself. So moving forward, I'm guaranteeing it. We are going to finish this French Open in the positives. Five days consecutively of watching professional tennis action. At that point, if you don't have a grasp on the action, you shouldn't be doing my job. And I like to think I know the direction we are heading, heading into this home stretch, I suppose, or third round. Now things get particularly funky here at the year's second Grand Slam. A little bit of an update how we did in our last picks. They came on Wednesday. Apologies for the no ace of the day Thursday, although it's because we recorded our two-part GSP College Tennis Season finale. If you haven't listened to that yet, you can hear part one, part two by scrolling down in your GSP podcast feed. But the updates on how the picks went. Let's start with the losers. Unfortunately, I just don't have the grasps on the over-unders quite yet, but I think I do now. Again, heading into round number three, but over two and a half sets in Tossin Azarenka. That one came up a little bit short. Unfortunately, Kudermatova was knocked out. Three-set loss. She was up 5-2 in the third. I'm not making excuses, just presenting the facts, but so our Zidancic Kudermatova Vondrusova parlay fell a person short, and then you know, Hatchinov was up two sets to one as well on Kei Nishikori, but he ultimately dropped his match in five. That meant the davidovich vakina Garen parlay, uh, part of the parlay hit, but Hatchinov falls a little bit short. We also, you know, Fucevic loses that first set breaker, then goes away against Fabio Fognini. We're going to look to make up for that heading into today's picks as well. Keep Fabio Fognini on your mind. Uh, but then the good news, Danielle Collins, plus 110 over Kalanina. It felt like she shouldn't have been plus odds. She I think dropped three games in that match. That was a winner. And then our parlay of the challenger picks from earlier in the week, way earlier in the week, Zook over Brancaccio, Sock over Quiroz, Escobedo over Young. That ended up hitting plus 136. So we banked another 1.36 units to our count. Now, again, uh, those matches from Little Rock were getting rained out earlier. That's why that delay took so long. But that leaves us at down 1.15 units heading into Friday's matches. And you know what? It's time to get risky. I'm feeling confident in today's picks. Of course, before we get into those, just a reminder, the reason we're able to do this day in, day out because of the support we get from Turner Tennis, and I'm not going to lie, knowing I have the tackiest grip on my racket, the one that's going to perform the best when you sweat, that's performance in hot and humid conditions unmatched as well. And then, of course, that iconic blue color always looks beautiful at the bottom of any racket. That that picks up my spirits, folks, and you can have your spirits picked up by joining the Turner Tennis family today. You can call or email 
them. Take a college pricing or free samples by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. You mentioned we sent you there. They'll treat you like family, hook you up with some extra free gear as well. Again, email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind, let's get to our selection for today's GSP Aces of the Day. Let's start with our over. I do think we are finally going to hit a proper over. And again, I've got a bunch of them I'm eyeing over two and a half sets in Zdancic Sinyakova. You probably like this Danzig forehand as the most dynamic shot in that match. Uh, you probably like it. Again, the heaviness of it. She certainly has some rhythm going into this match. Has knocked off Andreescu. Followed that. Went up so well over Madison Brangle. She's taking on Katarina Sinyakova, who, as mentioned, went three sets the distance with Veronica Kudermatova in a physical match on Wednesday. Now, she's had the day of rest, but Zidanezic's going to pressure her. And there's no reason Zidanezic can't get a set in that match. However, that's not my ace of the day, but I'm keeping my eyes on that. I'm done betting against Victoria Azarenka to go three sets in her matches. I know she did against Kuznetsova. thought she was going to against Tossin. If she didn't against Tossin, the keys matchup I just don't want any part of. We're going to get into a different Davidovich Fokina rude bet, but if you want to hedge there, I'm picking rude. It's minus 137 in the over three and a half sets. That's not bad. Fonini Del Bonus, again, we'll get back to that match over three and a half sets. Sure. Uh, Nishikori versus Laxanen. Nishikori just plays five set matches at this point, so why not bet against it at minus, or for it, I suppose, at minus 152. Giron Garen is interesting. Tsitsipas Isner at minus 108 over three and a half sets. All John's got to do is hold serve and win a breaker. That's very, very possible. But the one I'm going to go with is the over three and a half sets in Opelka Medvedev minus 148. I may regret that I'm looking at the Tsitsipas Isner line more and more, but I'm going to stick with my guns here, and here's why. The numbers prove it. The eye tests prove it. Riley Opelka has been serving lights out of late. You look at his numbers and his career, he's about a 60% first serve percentage. He's up to 63.2% this season, and in particular, you look at his numbers of late, it's not even the first serve, but the effectiveness of his first serve that's been so good. Now, he's averaging 78.1% win percentage on his first serves this season. That's amongst the elite of the elite. He is a top five server in tennis abstracts, hold percentage leaderboard, but most impressively, you just look at the numbers of late. He's winning, on average, in his past seven matches, 80.2% of his first serve points. That'll do, folks. And you look at his return percentage now, of course, his break percentage, 10.3%. It's very, very bad. But you look at his results of late. He beat Haomi Munar without needing a tiebreaker. He beat Andre Martin, who was coming off of a great run in Belgrade, without needing a tiebreaker. And... You know, again, that's because he's executing so well on the plus one ball. He's becoming more comfortable hitting to various spots with his first serve. That first serve is becoming more effective. And again, that he was able to withstand Munar now. He's got a different beast tomorrow, Daniil Medvedev. And Munar is like five foot nine, five foot ten. Medvedev's six six. He's gonna be able to handle the pace of the Opelka serve a little bit better. But you look at their career head to heads. They've played three times. They were all on hard courts, but here are the three score lines. 6-7-6-3-7-6, Medvedev, 7-6-6-7-7-6, Medvedev, 2-6-7-5-6-4, Opelka. What do those numbers tell you? 
that's a lot of first serves. Uh, that's a lot of tiebreakers. It's a lot of close matches. And you look for Opelka in the three matches. He's held serve 90% of the time. When you hit that 90 number, that's the best, you know, that's amongst the best in tennis history. He has only broken serve 6.1% of the time. That is not great, but he's winning 82% of his first serve points, 47% of his second serve points. That's higher than his average on normal because he knows he has to bring it against Daniil Medvedev. And I think we can all agree, Riley Opelka is a primetime performer. You look at his results in general when he's played major events. Now, again, a 16-17 record isn't anything to you know run home about, but you look at his, you know, his losses. He was a five-set loss to Fritz this year in Australia. You look for him against Gofen U.S. Open. That was a four-set loss last year. Australian Open, Fonini, that was a five-set loss when he lost to, I believe it was John Isner all those years ago. Or did he beat Isner? I don't, I don't, you don't even remember at this point. But you look in his career, he has played 23 uh, Grand Slam matches. How many of them have gone over three sets? I'm glad you asked. In total, of the 23 matches, uh, 11 of them, uh, excuse me, 12 of them, have gone over three sets. I mean, that's more than half. And his three matches in Medvedev in his career have gone, uh, again, uh, three sets. They've gone at least over one. You know, Riley just has to sneak out one tiebreaker, has to hold serve, which he does at an elite rate against Neil Medvedev, which is super impressive, by the way. And, like, look, Medvedev is not as good of a returner on clay as he is on hard courts or grass. I don't need to run numbers at you guys to, to I think, have you agree with that statement. And I just think this is a match. I think Riley's playing well enough right now that he's going to sneak out a tiebreaker. You look for him. I know the numbers 13 and 14 in his last 52 don't jump out to you. But, of course, he's been a different player since that run in Rome. And, you know, in Rome, he beat Karatsev, beat Musetti, beat Delbonis. Here, you know, the win over Munar, I think that's a confidence-boosting win. Yes, he lost to Cuevas in Geneva, but that was right after his run in Rome. And I just think... I think Riley was a guy who needed some confidence because you look between the Australian Open and the start of Rome, he lost six consecutive matches. And you look at those six consecutive matches, uh, you know, four of them went the distance and he wasn't able to get over the finish line. He has gotten over the finish line of late. I don't think he wins this match, but I think he gets a set. Minus 148. Again, this is a bet on Riley Opelka. Minus 148. We're going to put 1.48 units on that to win one. That's ace number one, and again, it's an added incentive to watch the match. I kind of want to see more than just, you know, three sets of that battle. I do want to see if Riley can, you know, take it to Daniil Medvedev, particularly on this surface, particularly, you know, as an American tennis fan, Medvedev beats Tommy Paul, but Tommy takes that first set. I think Riley could do the exact same thing tomorrow, so give me the over three and a half sets, one point, again, four, eight units to win one. That's ace number one. Ace number two and three are two parlays, and that's where I get with the theme of today, time to get risky. Start on the women's side. A familiar face here on the ace of the day, even during this French Open. I believe this is the now third time I'm going to be betting on her, and the first time she was part of a parlay that lost. The second time she was part of a parlay that won. I also think she's going to be part of a parlay that wins today, as Marketa Vandrusova, the 2019 finalist, takes on Polona Herzog, Look, I just don't think Herzog has the weapons to hurt Von Drusova. I just think Von Drusova, quite frankly, has been playing better of late. And I think the numbers reflect that fact as well. And you look for Von Drusova here in this 2021 French Open, her pathway to this third round. She's, you know, beaten Kaya Kanepi. That was a three-set win. That was a confidence-boosting win, much like we talked with Opelka, I think. Getting through that match was huge for Von Drusova. And then, look, she... 
had Harmony Tan overmatched from the second they walked down the court, but she delivered a 1-3 in three victory, and you look at her opponent tomorrow, Polona Herzog, who certainly plays a tricky game style and, you know, again, is going to throw a bunch of slice at Von Drusova, and, you know, she's coming off good wins herself. She's beaten Kiki Burtons and Caroline Garcia, but she's played really, you know, physical tennis through her first two matches, and again, I don't think she's got the weapon to hurt Von Drusova. And if you can't make Von Drusova pay for Von Drusova's variety, she's going to throw slices at you. I've said it earlier. I think she's got the best backhand drop shot in women's tennis, maybe in all of tennis. And just again, if you're playing at her speed, and I don't think Herzog's got that big weapon to make this, you know, Herzog ball. And I don't think she's got the big first serve either to really, again, get into the body of Von Drusova. And Von Drusova is such an effective returner on the clay courts. I just think this matches on Marquette Von Drusova's racket, and she's got the confidence, and she's got the pedigree, and she sees her bottom quarter of the draw. You know, she's the one with the experience. She can justifiably look in the mirror and say, Marquetta, you're the favorite now in this French Open. Go take it. And some of you may think she's not going to respond well to that with me saying that statement, but she was a finalist here in 2019 and it's not like her run in 2019 was some fluke right where she just had the softest draw in the world no in 2019 you know at the French Open she beat uh Kanta who was an informed Kanta she beat Martis she beat Sevastova who was the 12th seed at the time she beat Suarez Navarro and you know those are damn good wins for someone who in 2019 was you know not even 20 years old at the time of the event I think this is her the breakthrough run she needed. I think she just takes it to Herzog Tanaro, plays Von Drusova ball. She's one half of the parlay, minus 205. The other half, Daria Kasatkina. And of course, Kasatkina is a former quarter finalist at this event. You look for her, dominated. Belinda Bencic in round two, 6-2, 6-2 victory. Served well, found first forehands. You know, just hit 11 aces against Belinda Bencic. That's a heck of a performance now. You know, Bencic... Is not, I will say, she'll let a ball go by her when she guesses wrong. She likes to guess at the serve so that she can take big cuts. She's an aggressive returner. And, you know, if that means she guesses wrong, so be it. But, you know, Kasekina is serving well. She's moving well. Again, in her opponent tomorrow, Serana Kirstea. I know Kirstea has been playing very, very well. Lane. You look for Kirstea at 25 and 13 in her last 52. And, you know, won Istanbul on the clay in the warm ups and, and, you know, looked really good doing it. And then final Strasbourg, where she beat Shui Zhang and Magda Lynette and Venus and, you know, played a, a, and lost to Krechkova in the final. But, you know, just a reminder Strasbourg was last week. And you look for her now. She beat Joe Conta round number one. She beat Trevisan three-set physical match round two. I just think Kasekina has fresher legs at this point. But uh, again, Kirsten has played so much tennis of late. And I, I also don't think she, you know, again, she's going to swing through the ball. But I think Kasekina moves well enough. And I think her forehand and serve are dynamic enough that she's going to be able to play first strike. Van Drusova and Kasekina, who's minus 180 over Kirsten tomorrow, parlayed together, is plus 132. Plus odds for two, in my opinion, comfortable favorites. We'll take it. So give me the Von Drusova Kasekina parlay, plus 132, one unit to win 1.32. That's ace number one. Ace number two, Casper Root, who, as I mentioned, he finally played some really good tennis. Straight set win for him uh, in his match yesterday over or Wednesday. You know, I'm recording this Thursday, so it's yesterday for me over Camille Matrazak. Um, look, he takes on an Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, who went five sets with Botic, uh, Botic, excuse me, Van de Sanskulp in his second round match. And Davidovich Fokina's played a lot of tennis this season. You look for him overall, 36 and 19 in his last 52. You look for him here in 2021. He's already played 30 matches. And, you know, again, 
The only reason I bring that up is because that number, after you play a five-set match, is when you feel that number more than anything. The thing that you get from playing over 50 matches in a nine-month stretch is just the physical wear down. And I know he's only 21, 22 years old, but he's got a, a beast tomorrow. In Casper Ruud, who, again, that first-round match against Benoit Paire, that wasn't that physical. That was just a funky first-round match. And he cruised against Matrizak. And I just don't know what Davidovich Fokina has in terms of weapons to hurt Casper Ruud. Those are two guys who do a little bit of everything well on the clay. And I just think Casper Ruud does everything better than Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. The forehand's more dynamic. I think the backhand has better uh, better consistency now. I think Davidovich Fokina has a little more pop on that side, and he's probably a little bit more of a springy athlete, but I just like the pace, the heaviness of Rudolph's ball, and again, I just think he's a little bit better at everything. So give me him minus 375 over Davidovich Fokina. And then let's take Fabio Fonini tomorrow. Minus 190 over Federico Del Bonis. Now, you look for Fonini. He's 15 and 16 now in his last 52 match, but straight set wins for him over Fuchvich and Barrer. And you just look overall in terms of, again, how he's done at the Grand Slams of late. I know I brought this number up, I believe, when I bet against him. And I was like, the reason I'm hesitant against betting against him is because of this number, which is a number I don't think a lot of you listeners are going to expect. And it's his record in Grand Slams since the 2018 season started. He's 24 and 11, which means he's getting to the third round of pretty much every slam. And you look for him in particular at the French Open during that stretch, fourth round in 2018 before he lost to Chilich, fourth round 2019, he lost to Zverev. Last year was a first round loss to Kukushkin, but we agree we can throw that one out of the window. Different conditions, different Fabio Fonini. You also look for him in his career against lefties. 30 and 24 on clay courts and ATP level matches against lefties. 57 and 55 overall. Everything remains similarly effective and his return percentage does go down uh, about you know, compared to his career average. It goes down about a percent, but like it's just a percent. Like Come on. We can throw up. The fact that the serve remains relatively unaffected and the hold percentage remains relatively similar. Oh, excuse me. I was reading that wrong. His break percentage does improve, improve and it improves fairly comfortably. He goes up from 26.2% in his career break percentage to 31.3 against lefties. And you look for his hold percentage, that's what only drops by a percent. But again, if you're breaking by 4% better and you're only holding serve 1% less, I'll take that trade off. You look for him, he wins 49.8% of his total points overall, 50.3 against lefties. And I just don't know if Delbonis has a big enough weapon to hurt him with. Now, according to Tennis Abstract's ELO ratings, Delbonis two spots ahead of Fodini. They're both in between that 20 to 30 range. I think they're 21 and 23. But I just think Fonini's playing better tennis. I think Fonini's more comfortable in this stage. And I think Fonini is poised to get that money, get that paycheck, get back to uh, the French Open round of 16. And you look, these guys played in 2019. It was a four-set win for Fonini and Roland Garros in that match. They also played Bastad on clay 2018. That was a straight-set win for Fonini. Now, Del Bonis has beaten him before. It was back in Buenos Aires uh, in 2016. He also did a Davis Cup 2016. But, you know, if you want me to go back even further, you find more wins for Fonini over Del Bonis. And overall, you look for uh, Fonini in his career. He does have a winning record record hey great shot it's four and two overall all of those matches have been on clay Fonini plus Rude minus 190 plus minus 375 gets us out to a minus 107 parlay we're gonna put 2.13 units on that that's right doubling up 2.13 units to win two overall that is your men's parlay and again 
our aces of the day. Opelka and Medvedev, minus 148, 1.48 units to win one. Von Drusova, Kasatkina, plus 132. One unit to win 1.32. And then Rude, Fonini, minus 107, 2.13 units to win two. Again, if you would like to hear an expansive review of everything that's happened at the French Open, go check out our mini break podcast. And if you need to catch up on anything, tune into our website, crackedrackets.com. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, there at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shop Pod. A shout out, as always, to super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the f- of an any job they do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our friends at Turn of Tennis. You know, contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800 554 3707. But with that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Fleeger and Westoff, our friends at Turn of Tennis, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. We hope the odds will be ever in your favor. See you tomorrow, everyone.